Okay, Rabbi Sai, welcome back to another exciting night of the Tuesday Night Vad on Das Taira. Well, it's not on Das Taira, it's on, um, it's on Amuna, exploring Amuna. But tonight we're going to learn a, a beautiful piece from the great Rabbi Rucham of Mir in his Sefer Das Taira. And it's on, of course, a Pasuk in this week's Parsha. It's going to be on the bottom of page Kuf Ayin Gimel. And it's on the Pasuk of Ayarach Esreach Begadov. When Yaakov Avinu came in to the chamber of Yitzchak to uh, sort of take the brachas away from Esav, so he brought with him a special aroma. And Yitzchak smelled that. He smelled the the aroma of his garments, and he said, Re'eh, Re'ach b'ni, k're'ach sadeshe baruch Hashem. See how the smell of my son is like the smell of the field that Hashem has blessed. And Rashi explains, Malamich nichnesa ima re'ach ganeden, that when Yaakov Vino came into, the, uh, into Yitzchak's room to get the brachas, he brought with him the re'ach of Gan Eden, the smell, the aroma, the beautiful uh, fragrance of Gan Eden. And then, k'reach hasadah baruch Hashem, shenoslan bay, re'ach taiv, v'zeu stay tapuchem. This is the uh, smell of an apple orchard. Kach darshu chazal, Rash says that's how chazal darshu. Whenever we speak about a, uh, an apple orchard, there's always great Kabbalistic importance, uh, like for example in, in Zmira Shabbos uh, parts of it, uh, we always speak about Bechakal Tapuchin Kadishin, which is Aramaic for that um, that we're going now, we're entering into the orchard of apples that are holy. Some For some reason, I'm not, I don't claim to have any Shaykhist to Gabala, but there is definitely an importance placed on the apple orchard in terms of the uh, the, the, the smell of Gan Eden, and this is what Yaakov Avinu brought in with him at this moment in history. So Rabbi Rucham says that Kavanas Chazal Tapuchem Gan Eden. So it's Shayach to Gan Eden, this apple orchard. And what is this aroma? And this is a famous chazal. It's found in the Chavis Havavis. Chavis Havavis in the Shar HaKniya, Parak Vav. It's oft quoted this, so it's uh, always good to know things that are, that are oft quoted. Maisa Belyah Navi. Beautiful story with Elyah Navi. Shalachim Echad Bederach. He was accompanied by someone and they were walking on the road. Fi Avaral Nevela Masrachas Ma'id. They passed by roadkill. They pass by some really, really smelly carcass of an animal. Some halas yadel chaitmai va'amar kama masrachas nevelazais. So he puts his hand, one, the person walking with Elianavi puts his hand on his nose, as we all might have done, and said, wow, how smelly is this nevela? It's disgusting, it's awful. Yeah, but look how white are its teeth. Look at how, how beautiful white the teeth of this nevela are. In other words, Elyon Navi was looking at the positive while other people were 
were noticing the negative, Eliyahu Navi was noticing the, the beauty of, of the teeth of this animal. And so very often you'll hear that quoted in and of itself whenever you want to give a schmooze about the importance of perception, the importance of, of not noticing uh, the glass being half empty, but rather the glass being half full. This would be a very good chayvah sababes to whip out. But Rabbi Yerucham is really bringing this to say the end of this chayvah sababes, which I don't think as many people know. And then they passed by a man who was a sinner. At that point, Elian Navi, you know, plugged up his nose and said that the because he was able to smell the uh, the terrible odor of ruchnius that was emanating from this person, and and so you see the the sensitivity of Elian Navi. Elian Navi couldn't care less about the physical aromas, but he did very much care about the spiritual aroma. And, and so when, when a carcass smells bad, no, so, so it smells bad, it doesn't bother me. But if I smell a ruchniastic of foul odor, that's something that you know, other people don't care about, but Elianavi does care about it, and he's very perceptive to it. It reminds me of a story about um, Rav Mendel Kaplan, who was a, uh, a Rashiva in? He was a Rashiva in Skokie, in you know, in uh, near Chicago for many many years, and then he was a, a Rashiva in Philadelphia. And in fact, uh, Dr. Sokol, who learned in Philadelphia, he he was very close with uh, Mendel Kaplan. So he, um, so Mendel Kaplan was a very uh, big tzaddik. In fact, Arts Girl put out a book about him many, many years ago called Remendel and His Wisdom. Very highly recommended reading. And, and the story goes that he used to have a lot of, uh, a lot of guests um, in his house every Shabbos. And specifically, he would invite guests that, that were homeless and that really, that hardly ever took a shower and they reeked. They literally reeked. And, but that was his covet. He invited them, and he gave them a lot of covet, and he, uh, you know, he, he served them cholent, and, and he, he treated them like a million bucks, like they felt so good being in, in his house. And, and one Arab Shabbos, Reb Mendel's daughter came to her father and said, Tati, I love you, and I know that you're the world's biggest tzaddik, but I, I'm going to ask you from the bottom of my heart, please stop inviting these people over. I, I can't breathe. Like when they're in the room, I, I'm, you know, I'm your daughter. I also want to have a normal Shabbos once in a while. I want to be able to enjoy the cholent and, and the challah and the fish and, you know, and sit like a normal kid. Why do I have to have people that reek you know, sitting next to me that I, I can't, I push, I can't eat? And I, I think that's a fair, it's a fair, a fair container. So Remendel said to her, he says, you're 100% right. 100% right. He says, but who's to say that when we go up to the Elama Emes after 120 years that we're going to smell so good? Maybe with our Averis and all, this, all the stuff that we do every day and every night, we're going to reek. And so he says, 
I'm hoping that maybe in the in this chos that I have these people that you know they're fine people, they're good people, but they they nebuch, they don't have they never had any mazel in life, and it's true that they reek. But maybe because we tolerate them and we invite them into our house and we feel good, maybe in that schos someday when we go up to Shemaim, we might smell a little bit better. And and that's sort of what Eliana is saying. He's saying like, okay, you know, everybody else you know, is so into smelling good stuff. You don't want anything bad smelling and it bothers us if there's a foul odor in the room or in the car or wherever. And, but yet if there's a, a person that's a chayte, everybody's fine. He smells of beautiful perfume and, you know, sometimes you shake people's hands and like for, for the rest of the day, you still smell his cologne and it's geschmack, right? But if you would be Eliyahu if this guy's not a not at all a tzaddik, if he's the opposite, so then it should be disgusting the smell that he has, and we're not sensitive to it, like we're not sensitive to a lot of things. But the point is that there is a higher level in this world of of smell than just what meets uh, what meets the nose. We have a very physical nose, and we have a very physical sense of smell, and so for us, we just go by what we the smells that we like and the smells that we don't like. But to people that are hypersensitive to ruchnias, there's a different, a different aroma that they're looking for. They don't care about the aromas that you and I care about, but they're looking to smell the reach of Gan Eden uh, that, that certain people have, and many people don't. So Biruchim says... We, unfortunately, don't invest a lot into ruchniyistic concepts. But we forget a lot that ruchnius is the main thing. It's not really our fault that we forget about this because we're, 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 we, we're not, it's not, it's not ruchniyistic home court advantage. I Meaning Gashmias has the home court advantage because we're living in a material world. So it's understandable how we're not sensitive to Ruchnias things. We always look at everything superficially and uh, if something looks good, if it tastes good, if people seem nice, if they seem, you know, like they're good people, and we don't we don't judge them or we don't look at things based on their Ruchniastika content. We look at everything are most things based on the material thing. We size them up, what they're wearing, how they smell, you know, how, how, what kind of car they drive, where they go on vacations, where they live, what they're... That's what we size people up by, and, and that's because we're not really in the world of ruchnias. Mitzvah, but you should know that when a person does a mitzvah, or a person has maizim taivim, good deeds, it emits an odor. It does. It, there is an aroma that, that is, that, that's let loose by such beautiful endeavors. It's a very sweet and strong aroma that goes very, very far. It travels far. And on the other side, Averis v'chatama sirchen me'am kol Ruchnius is just as palpable for certain people as Gashmius is to us. We live in a physical world, so therefore we smell things and 
it's automatically very, very... Uh, but, but if a person would live on a higher level, then they would be very sensitive to, to bad odors, ruchnius-wise. If you would meet a person and the person would be like a real chayte and like a, you know, a person that does horrible things, you would be you're just like, I don't want to be with you. I, can't, I have to get out of here. And if you'd be with a person that's a real tzaddik, you would like you would smell the tzitkas on him, and that's the way it is. There's uh, there's different. I remember when I was sick with COVID uh, after that first Purim, so I got really really sick. I you know I don't know if I told you the story. I didn't, but uh, I was uh, I said vida a few times when I was when I was going. And mamish was like I thought I was dying. I was like, I, I lost a ton of weight. Uh, unfortunately, when I got my appetite back, I was so happy that I gained a lot of weight, um, more than I had, you know, before I lost it. But I was, and I got, like, everybody else lost their sense of smell, but I, for some reason, got a heightened sense of smell. And it was really killing me because every time... You know, somebody brought like anything into the house. I got so nauseous from smelling. I I couldn't. I had no appetite for food. And like, if somebody brought like pizza into the house or they're making spaghetti down in the kitchen, I was all the way upstairs in the bedroom. Uh, I smelled it. I knew exactly what had just come into the house, and I was able to smell it. It was the weirdest thing. Everybody say, "Oh, you lost your sense." No, I wish I lost my sense of smell. I, I, you know, I can't. I'm going crazy from the sense of smell. And every time I walked outside my house. Or every time the windows were open, I never spoke to anybody else that had the same experience as me for some reason. And maybe I'm, you know, I, 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 I was losing it a little. But I smelled the smell of death in the air. During those, those initial, that, that first phase of COVID, I smelled the malachamavis in the air. Now you're going to ask me, how do you know what the malachamavis smells like? I don't know. I don't know, but every time, I, and I ask people, did you, do you smell anything? Is there like a gas explosion and they, like something? No, it smells fine. And I was, I, would, I had such a heightened sense of smell that I mamish felt that the Malach was in the air, and, and he was. I mean, all we heard all day and night was like ambulances, Hatzalah and Fidney, you know, going around. People were dying at that early stage. A lot of people were dying. They're still dying, but, you know, Baruch Hashem, not as much. But so that's that's how I sort of relate to this to this Rabbi Rucham because you know there is like I don't know if it was a physical smell that I was smelling and I'm not saying that I'm a tzaddik that I was able to tap into but there was something going on that was weird like I was able to smell something that nobody else was smelling nobody else was smelling every time I went out of my house every time I was by an open window I smelled it and every time I'd close window I would not smell it. So there is something to be said for being able to to smell something that on a higher level it's not a it's not a normal physical smell like we're used to but it's a it's a perceptive ruchniyistic um, smell maybe and a person that's really like an Eliyahu Navi is able to always be able to smell you know like Reb Chaim Kanievsky I have no doubt that when you go to his house. And, you, uh, and you're schmoozing with him, and you think, oh, you're having a great time, and he's, like, talking to you. Like, he knows exactly what you're all about. He sizes you up in three seconds. I mean, I know this, because, they, you know, they, there's a lot of stories. He knows Chachim Zaparza, if he's able to see, 
you know, like there's a guy that's standing in front of him and he, uh, you know, and Reb Chaim is like staring at his forehead. He said, is there, is there anything I should know about on my forehead? He says, he says, are you makbid on, uh, on tarfus? Do you, are you like, a, do you eat nevelos and trefus? He says, no, I don't eat nevelos and trefus. So he says, well, you sure? He says, I, I think so. I mean, I'm pretty makbid, you know, only eat kosher. So he said, uh, he says, check it out, check it out. So he, anyway, he checked, he started a new medication and the medication had like lard on the, uh, it was coated in lard. So he came back to Reb Chaim and he says, Taka, you know, I, I thought I was being Makbin Veils and Trevis, but it turns out that I, that I, you know, inadvertently I was eating. He says, but how did, how did, how did Rebbe know? So he says, I saw on your forehead, you know, you, there was like a cow on your forehead. That means that you're not, that you don't, you know. So, you know, I always say if I was an entrepreneur, I would, I would go to Rechover Ashbam and open up like a, a little stand selling ski masks, you know, right outside his house. Everyone's like walking in, I'm getting a bracha from Rebbe Chaim. Rebbe Chaim is looking right through you. Rebbe Chaim smells you. Rebbe Chaim knows what you're all about more than you'll ever know yourself. And that's true for all tzaddikim. They have a, they, they, there's a chush that they have to understand who you are, either it's a chachmas, I don't know if it's the forehead or if it's the smell, or, but there's, there's something, in, if you're living on a ruchniyistika plane, you're living in a different world than everybody else. Nobody else, you could fool everybody, but you can't fool somebody that's an Elyon Navi type that, that, that gets things on that level, that, that has that special, that special you know, sense of, of perception that... that 99.999% of people don't even know what you're talking about. But he has it. Because we're brainwashed into thinking that this world is such a real world that all that matters is my physical sense of smell, my physical taste, my physical feel. And everything else is just like, I don't know, it's out of sight, out of mind. But it's so not true. There's such a, another dimension of life that is out there and we're just, we're not aware of it, but it's there. So, Reiches the Yitzchak Avinu Hashalim B'chol Chushav, Yitzchak Avinu who was perfect with all of his senses, Hirgish Veiriach Mamish as Reiach Ganeidin Shal Yaakov Avinu. He sensed and he smelled like as if we would smell it. He smelled the Reiach of Ganeidin of Yaakov Avinu Shemali is called Svevaisav that surrounded the entire. All of the area, he smelled it. He, it was clear, it was clear to him that there was the ruach of Gan Eden, and then, and it was like a, this orchard of apples. That is how Chazal referred to as Gan Eden. What does that have to do with Gan Eden? Because Gan Eden was the place that has the real crop, the real development, the real growth is found not in this world, but in the in that other plane of life. Sham Sada Asher Bait Saimchum Kalmine Peris and Megadim Mar Levaina Vachal Basam all types of beautiful fragrances Mar and Levaina Basam Shal Chesed Basam Shal Tzedaka Basam Shal Amuna or Basam Shal Emes Basam Bakal Mikal Kal Haim Efshalan Litsaya Reches Aganadin or Eilab Kitimris Ashan Is it possible for us to describe these smells of Ganadin that are Eilab Kitimris Ashan? Hanoyim, Hamasikos, Vachal Tanugim, Habom, Migan, Kaze. 
This is the apple orchard that we're talking about. We're not talking about a physical apple orchard. We're talking about a Gan Eden apple orchard. And in that apple orchard, for those that are privy to enter or to live their life in that area, they're able to smell things that we don't know. But they're able to smell, if a, if a Baal Chesed walks into the room, they're able to smell that on him. They're able to smell, wow, there's something special about you. I saw recently there was, a, I think, of Avad Yosef, there was a story with him that, I don't know, the, I don't know all the details, but the, the long and the short of it is, I have it upstairs in my office, I should have looked at it before I came down here, but the long and the short of it is that he basically was able to smell on a certain person's clothing that he did a tremendous act of chesed when he was, during, during the concentration camps, he would... I don't know, he did something to save a Yid, and like, Ravad Yosef smelled it on him. Like, just like Yaakov, you know, smelled it on, Yitzchak smelled Yaakov's clothing and understood that he, the beauty of his actions, that he was a Baal Chesed, he was Emes, he was, he was, he had so many beautiful aromas to him. That's how people that are perceptive are able to look. We, we look at people right away, we don't look at Ruchmias. We size people up immediately by, you know, their, their appearance and their, their, their gashmias and, you know, what, what type of uh, shoes they're wearing, what type of sweater they're wearing, where they're going, where they're coming, where they live, their address, their zip code. We size them up like on stupid things. But if we were really able to and we really put importance and credence into ruchnias, then we wouldn't care about those things. We would just simply care about, like, how, how special is he? Like, what does he have that I can learn from? You know, find something that's, that's really good about somebody and, and, and hone in on that and try to smell that. Don't smell all the bad stuff about people. Don't right away, eh, you know, I don't like him, I don't like this about it. There's something special about him. You know, there's a, a, a line in the, in the Chayyadam Chayadim is one of the classic halacha svarim. It was like the Kitzur Shachan before the Kitzur Shachan was written. It used to be a very, very popular sefer. I think I've told you this story that um, my father used to, Olav Hashem, used to always learn Chayadim at the table. He, he really loved learning Chayadim. And, um, and every Shabbos, either he would read it from it or he would give it, give it to me to read it. We learn halachas every Shabbos. So and I, when my father was Nifter about 10 years ago, so um, I said over, I said that in my Levi, in my husband form, I, I said, I mentioned about the Chayadim. And after, after the Levi was over, like it was very hectic, like we had to get to the cemetery before, you know, before sundown, otherwise the gates would close and stuff. But uh, this, this guy that I never saw before came over to me and said, he spoke beautifully. And he said that, I don't know if you realize it, but today is the Chayadim's yard site. He says, the Chayadim and your father have the same yard site. So it was very special to me. But, um, which is the day after, uh, the day after Tzem Gedalia. So the Chayadim writes in the mitzvah of Kibbut Ava'im that you're supposed to, like, respect your parents. And he says, and you're supposed to respect them, he says, Ke'echad migdayle is manenu. I think a Lushan like that, like, 
You're not supposed to just stop, you know, respect your parents. You're supposed to look to your parents like they're one of the G'dayle's Manenu, like they're like Reb Chaim Kanievsky, they're, uh, you know, uh, Reb Steinmer, Reb Shmuel Kamenev, whoever, you know, Yibad Chaim. There's, you look at your parents like they're, you look at your mother like she's uh, Rebetz and Kanievsky, you look at your father like, how do you do that? How do you do that? Everyone like wants to know from the Chayyad, like, what did he mean? Like, uh, my parents, I, they're wonderful people, but they're not, you know, G'dayle's Manenu. So what does that mean? So I think Rabbi Victor Miller writes in one of his sarim that obviously it doesn't mean that you're supposed to like delude yourself into believing that your parents are, are something that they're not. But he says every person, every person can find in their parents something very unique and special that is not by other parents, by other people. Everyone has that. I mean, unless you're, you know, from a really, really, you know, horrible you know, situation, but, you know, barring any, any, you know, any crazy stuff, you know, on, on Alpiraev, everybody has good parents and everybody, everybody's parents have something really good about them. So it might be, your, you know, your parents were uh, very generous when you were, you know, when you, whenever you need something, they'll give it to you. Or, or maybe, uh, you know, they're really sincere people in terms of their Avedis uh, Hashem. They daven really nice. They bench. They give tzedakah. They, something. There's something about them that you could hone in on and say and admire them like in a very unique and special way and from that be able to be their entire persona. And that's how I think they understand the Chayadim. And I, just to extend it, I, I think that everybody has that. Everybody has that. It doesn't mean that everybody, there's a mitzvah to be mechabe like your parents, but, but it's important to, instead of like looking at, at the negative, which we tend to... Uh, hone in on, it's important to look at people and, and try to find like the special nature that they and only they possess. Everybody has that. If you really are, are very perceptive, you'll be able to find something unique and special in every single person in yeshiva and every single person in your family. And every, you, you can have that. But you need a ruchniyastika perception. You need to start, you know, stop looking with your regular gashmiyastika eyes, gashmiyastika nose, and gashmiyastika hands, and start like raising the bar slowly, slowly until your the way that you process things is through the filter of ruchnius. Now I see you different. All of a sudden, before that, I was looking at you like you're a horrible basketball player and you really don't dress very well and you don't, you know, and, and I don't know, you're not really that great in, uh, you know, whatever. And now I'm looking at you, but look, you're, you're a Baal Chesed. I saw you notice, I noticed that you filled up the coffee, you know, the Keurig machine when, uh, you know, when you thought nobody was looking and you brought down milk for the fridge here and you, uh, you, you brought back for your roommates uh, their lunch when they weren't feeling well. I could see you in a different light. I could smell a different smell if I'm perceptive to it. And matbeya bnei adam shem mishtashim tamid bimatzim mechek hateva ayvim litein bevatem vechadreim tzmachim shaynim vechalmine prachim. It's it's normal for people that like uh, gashmias or like uh, not gashmias per se, but like nature. They like putting in their houses and in their rooms uh, flowers. And do you, anyone have that in their family? Somebody that really likes flowers and like. You know, Shabbos, I'll put flowers on the dining room table and then, you know, flowers in the bedroom, flowers here, flowers there. The people that are very into flowers, they put flowers like in all the places. Why? Because they, they love them and they want to they wanna enjoy the smell. 
Let's say instead of putting flowers, or in addition maybe to putting flowers, if we'd be able to decorate our homes with chesed and with emes, these are also natural commodities. How beautiful that would be. And, and there are people that, you know, that, I, that I think we all know that they have that. Their houses are full of chesed. They might not have beautiful houses. They might live in a, in a I'll never forget, you know, you, I don't know if anyone was old enough to go to Rav Steinemann. Anyone ever went to visit Rav Steinemann? I don't, was, yeah. When you were, what, you stopped when you were a bach, when you were young, in, like in high school? Or when you were in, when before that. Before, before even, wow. So, so Rav Steinemann, lived, you remember it, I guess, right? He lived in like Mamish, it was a dilapidated ramshackle apartment. It was on Rechov Chazanish, I think. And um, it was like Mamish, it was never painted, I think, since the 1940s, since the State of Israel was founded. There was no, never had a paint job. So the walls were Mamish all peeling like chips of paint, like, you know, were, were like falling off the walls. The furniture was like falling apart. It was, he, he, sat on a, he sat on a bed, on his bed where he slept at night, and he, he had like a stool, like an old wooden stool in his back. That was like his, his backrest. And he, he had zero, zero, zero gashmis, completely ruchmis. And um, so it, it's... You know, in my book, Great Jewish Photographs, I, I have a beautiful picture of him uh, looking at an esrig. And you know what picture I'm talking about? It's a famous picture, like a gorgeous picture of him looking at like a perfect esrig and like smiling. Like he, you know, he just had such a tiny gruchni from looking at this perfect esrig. And so, and the story that I put on the side of this picture was that people used to line up to his house, to his apartment before Sukkot, to show him their esrig and to for him to pass in whether you know it's it's kosher, if it's pasul, if it's mahudar, and uh, like, like people do to a lot of rabbanim. But Rav Steinman had an extra long line by his house. Everybody wanted to show him their esrig, and and so Rav Don Segel, who's a famous meshkiach in Eretz Yisrael, he said the following: Vardy says, "What were what they were going to him? Why?" Because he was an expert in esregim, meaning, and what, what's the expertise of esregim? What is an esreg? An esreg is a pre-eighth hadar. It's like a beautiful fruit. Meaning, this man was an expert in aesthetic beauty. But yet, the same man that was an expert in, in, aesthetic, in, in aesthetic beauty lived in an apartment that was the opposite of aesthetic beauty. It was like the worst, ugliest, you know, most decrepit apartment that a human being could be. You know, normally you think if somebody's artsy and they're aesthetic, they're, they're going to have a gorgeous apartment with a fancy marble kitchen and, a, you know, bathrooms painted in a certain shades. And he, he had nothing. What's the answer? The answer is that he, he had aesthetic beauty. He had a sense of beauty. He appreciated beauty, but his, the beauty that he appreciated was different than everyone else's beauty. He, wasn't, he didn't concern himself with gashmistika beauty. He concerned himself with ruchnistika beauty. Things that an esrig was beautiful to his eyes. Tyra was beautiful to his eyes. Tfilah, b'nei Tyra, 
Klal Yisrael, those were things that were beautiful to him. Gashmias of the Parmi couldn't care less. It was just a place to sleep, and he didn't need it to be beautiful because that wasn't, that wasn't his meter. He wasn't measuring and processing beauty at all on that level that we all do. He was living on a higher level of one of Ruchnias, and that was the level that Yitzchak Avinu was able to live on, and that Elyon Navi was able to live on, not the physical level of judging everybody with our eyes and smelling everything with our nose and, like, and, and you know, sitting in judgment of everything based on what we see with our, in front of our faces. But they were able to lift themselves up to a higher realm, that they didn't judge people by that. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's much easier said than done. It's much easier said than done. But you know, there are people... That, that are like this. You know, sometimes it's a very bad example, and I, I really think I shouldn't say it, but like, but I'll just, I'm not going to say it. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to say it. But, you know, there are some people, I'll say it, why not? Um, you know, sometimes it's a prosta example, but, uh, but there are some people that, you know, sometimes you see like a chassan and a kala, let's say, okay? And the chassan is like, you know, very good looking. And the kala is, is not at all good looking. And you wonder like, what's he, what, 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 what's, what's, you know, what, what happened here? Like what, you know, like he, you know, he's, you know, he's handsome and, and she's, she's not or, or vice versa. You know, sometimes the kala is like very attractive and, and the guy is like, you know, nothing special, nothing to write home about. Like you wonder like, you know, the reason why we might wonder that is because we judge things very superficially. So based on our measurements, based on our scales of like what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, so it doesn't make sense. The shidduch is ridiculous. It's not going to work. But, but these people, to their great credit, they didn't, you know, they, they, weren't, they, they weren't superficial. They weren't judging people by, you know, caring about what everybody else might think. They're, they were just looking at me this. Like, they were just like, I don't, what, what do I care what she looks like? She's a, she's a wonderful person. She's, a, she's sweet. She's nice. She's a balastesset. That's all that matters. Who cares about what she, and that's a tremendous madriga. It's not, it's not, I'm not saying that you should do this, you know, don't try it at home. You should be attracted to your wife or whatever, but like, but it's a certain, you see that people, there are certain people that are still, exist in this world that are really not that, you know, superficial and shallow and, and, and they're able to look beyond the physical and be able to appreciate people on a higher level. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I think that's a tremendous mile of those people that, 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 that do that. It's Tava uh, Lam Bracha. That's, that's what, you know, great people do. Great people are not impressed by, by the things that the pedestrians amongst us are impressed by. They're looking at different, they're looking with an eye towards, towards, towards Nitzchias. And they say a story about Rosham Shrefal Hirsch. Sorry for going over. Um, that he, he married a, a woman who was a few years older than him. I don't know exactly how many years, but maybe three, four years older than him, maybe more. And he said to her, like when they were dating, um, she said to him, she said to him, like, what, what, what are you interested in me for? 
So I'm like, you know, I'm older than you. You can marry like a young, you know, more attractive, you know, I don't know, attractive, but like you can marry somebody, you know, younger than you, like well, everyone else is doing. Like, what do you, what do you need me for? Like, why are you interested in me? And he said to her, he says, I have a lot to accomplish in my life. I have, I have very big plans and I, have very, I, I set very high goals for myself and I can't, I need a, I need a woman to help me with those plans. I, I, I can't use a baby. I'm not, I don't have time to babysit my, 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 you know, in my life. And, and I think what he was saying on a certain level is that, you know, I'm not, intra- I'm not I know that I could maybe marry somebody younger and, and more my age or more, but that's not what's, I, I don't care about those things. That's not what's important to me. What's important to me is Tyra, you're a Shemayim doing my mission in life and everything else is really not, it's, it's like not that it's secondary, it doesn't interest me. What, what interests other people in the world is not interesting because I'm living on a, on a realm of Ruchnius. And, and what every, everyone's living on a different world than I am. And that's, that's a tremendous lesson that Rabbi Rucham is teaching us this evening about the importance of understanding, even if we're not holding there, but at least to understand that there's another realm of existence out there. And you have to be maybe a higher than we are today and, and maybe much more spiritual, but never size up people solely based on physical appearance and, 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 the, and the physical, material, tangible nature that we all judge people by because there's so much more to another human being and, that, and that's ours if we would only be able to raise our, our sights a little bit higher and be able to appreciate people for who they actually are.